This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Field Notes brand. USA made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com or 400 North May. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is none other than my dear mother, Gail Smith. And she talks to me about her love of parenthood, which I know sounds on the nose, but there's a little more subtlety to it than that because by parenthood, she means the NBC family drama that ran from about 2010 or 11 to 2015, uh, something like that. Um, there's a lot more of those approximated uh <laughs> seasons and years type um, uh, discussions herein, but hopefully we didn't get too bogged down in the details um, so that you can enjoy this conversation that we had first show that both of us are huge fans of. My love for it definitely sprang out of my parents. Um, They were big fans from the very beginning, as she says, and uh, I kind of started watching along and catching up and was never quite week by week as they were, but definitely um, watched every episode, thoroughly enjoyed it, and we definitely both strongly encourage listeners to check out the show throughout this, but it may be worth um, watching some eps um, to kind of follow along, which, you know, I totally understand as I've hosted episodes where I've never seen the show and in hindsight, uh, you know, or watching an episode or two since then, Veronica Mars, for instance, was a show that we did early on that I have this totally different appreciation for now that I've watched a better part of the first season and wish I could go back and rehab that combo. So this one got a little more in depth. We went through kind of all the characters in the show, a lot of the arcs that they faced, a lot of the things that really make us love the show. Um, at one point, uh, my mom gets on a kind of topic that really uh, speaks to the show that I'm running right now at The Annoyance um, that I wrote and co-star in called Generation Gap. Um, I didn't really think coming into this uh, that there was going to be kind of overlap or this part of the discussion, so I got a little um, speechless just kind of letting her um, speak to some of the things that I spoke to uh, in the show that I wrote that definitely are approached in parenthood as well. Um, So with that said, if you want to see that, um, it runs for three more weeks. If you're listening to this the week that it's released, it's Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock from now July 13th through August 2nd. My parents will be in town for it next week, so come say hello after you listen, if you so choose. If you're another Parenthood fan, that's even better, because then you can gab about that. Uh, I even, for the interview, wore a shirt that I had a, uh, a bunch made up of last year and gave... Um, to my parents, my brother and his wife, and a couple of other family members who are big fans of the show that just as Team Braverman, um, as that is the family that's the center of the show and uh, an actual shirt that they wear during part of it for like a 
community fundraising type event, if I remember correctly. Anywho, um, other live show opportunities for you to see coming up every Thursday night at 9.30. You can see the Fishbowl at the Annoyance Theater. That's an improv show with that is hosted by the members of Sight Unseen, all of whom have been guests on this very show. So you can go back and figure out who those are and listen to them if you so choose. Or you just come to the show and see us in action or neither, you know. It's really your prerogative. Also your prerogative, you can come check out Your Stories, uh, which is a Nerdalogs event that happens monthly, at least on the third Sunday of the month. That very Sunday is coming up, July 17th. We will be having a Your Stories at the SUM office uh, space. That's 1917 North Elston at 7 p.m. Our guests this month are Puck and Grind, which is a uh, local fundraising event um, combining hockey that happens as a tournament in the morning and a burlesque show that happens in the evening. Uh, You can find more details about that at Puck and grind.com their uh, theme for the night is going to be grit and it's absolutely worth noting that puck and grind happens on july 23rd and all of the proceeds for that event go to a charity called you can play which uh supports LGBT members of the community who are big sports fans or players or spectators and kind of helping to even the playing field and um, help those people not uh, be, you know, viewed in a derogatory way in a field that is easy, uh, you know, has a lot of ties to um, derogatory terms and um, just general negativity, uh, as it does in a lot of facets of society, unfortunately, but all of that's changing and you can play is definitely doing their part to focus on, um, the better acceptance of the LGBT community in sports, which is a totally awesome charity. I think that's about all of it. Got Uh, Thank you for letting me be a bit self-indulgent with this one, but listeners of the show will know that uh, my dad and brother have been on the show before, as we reference in this episode, and it was high time I got to talk to my mom a bit, especially considering um, this was really, really a fun topic for us to get to hash out, and uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly and i hope that you will too all we did was uh we hung out with eric's friends on friday night until the wee hours and then really (laughs) (laughs) and then saturday they have a time limit on how early you can get to the game to start tailgating so we were like lined up in the parking lot (laughs) (laughs) To be let in the gate, huh? It was really fun, though. Uh, PNC is a really nice park, and the grill worked out great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Uh, Bring it in right. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. We'll have to get some more use out of it uh, in about a week or so, huh? Oh, we'll be there a week from now for sure. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a good way to announce your arrival. 
wonderful, wonderful. An ounce? Oh, I guess. <laughs> you guess. I guess. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I've already been there for a weekend. Surely, you know, surely somebody, I'll have seen somebody I know. There you go. In Chicago. Yeah, downtown. I love it. That's right. You guys are going to start becoming regulars. Well, you know. <laughs> we know a thing or two about Chicago. Yeah, we'll you, try to. I'll just have to teach you about my new neighborhood. That's true. Just west can't of the old get, one. Yeah, can't just get off the train and head the right head yeah, place. Yeah, it's a little more of a hike. Oh, well. Well, we'll have to navigate that, but I'm looking forward to having you guys regardless. <laughs> hey, I'm so excited about getting to see your show. Me too. I think Lauren's going to come tomorrow. Really? Yeah. How about that? We just talked earlier today. Uh, so that's exciting. I was thinking about trying to nab her for the show too, but I don't know how long she's going to be in town, so I didn't want to totally throw caution to the right. wind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think it would be really fun to talk to you about a show that we both really like. Well, there's that. <laughs> this, I so wish this I could is, figure out where that idea came from. But oh, really? Did it just kind of yeah. come to the forefront? <laughs> yeah. What well, can I talk about? I don't know. Uh, Without any further ado, if I say so, <laughs> my guest today is none other than my lovely mother, Gail Smith. Hello there. <laughs> She's talking, we're FaceTiming from across the country and recording it for your listening pleasure. <sighs> Technology. Yeah, I was going to say, because I guess it's, that's... It's, you know, it's, it's a great thing, huh? It, it works for me. Uh, I I was pleased. I would have been more resident, reticent to do something like this if I weren't as pleased with the results of how everything sounded during the um, call-in shows that I did last month. Um, Good point. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't listened to any of those. That's yet. okay. I you know, know you like listening I'm in order. Real kind of, kind of. ADD, I like it all in order. <laughs> I honestly, were I it me, it anal, but you know. <laughs> I would do the same exact thing. You have no idea how meticulously I listen to other people's podcasts. <laughs> uh, okay. I okay. I really, I will listen to episodes from 2011 or something like that just to do them all in order. So it's almost like I get it from somewhere. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I just got a text from Dad trying oh, really? to unlock the iPad <laughs> in my left hand instead of my right hand, so it didn't recognize my fingerprint. Oh. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah, we we uh, tried maybe, to... Oh, no, it was my message that this didn't work and didn't get to you. Oh, uh, well, we're here now. We tried yeah. to let Dad know that we were going to be doing this, but he was unresponsive to either of our messages, so <laughs> he may very well make a guest appearance somewhere along the line. That's true. But he's had his Dog time. That's true, too. <laughs> I was very, very quiet during his, I was his podcast recording. thinking that when we planned it that I was like, man... Especially because Dad knows the show too. If he's around, he's totally gonna want to chime in. But Mom was so good 
during their whole one. She sat there and listened to it wordlessly. I laughed, what, once, maybe twice, I, I was a gonna, chuckle. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we acknowledged your presence maybe a couple of times, but yeah. Yeah. if Dad were around, I doubt he would give you the same. <laughs> yeah, <Dad. laughs> Forget that. Uh, maybe that's a good, the good, the good uh, suggestion of headphones he can't hear what you say oh that's true he can only hear your half that's true sneaky <laughs> sneaky <laughs> hey it was it was my 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 podcast recording person that said why don't you try headphones yeah so, it's i got stuff i don't have all that much experience doing it remotely like this but i yeah. do have a little bit of technical prowess that i've garnered only over three plus years. <laughs> Gosh, uh, I know. I can't believe thesaurus. it. Either. <laughs> <laughs> you and your thesaurus of, of verbiage. Uh, <laughs> I think that's also a result of three plus years of podcasting because otherwise I just sound totally monotonous, more so than I usually do. <laughs> Half the time I listen back, I annoy myself with how often I say that's hilarious or that's so good just like oh, I totally agree or yeah or, <laughs> I like little verbal tics I don't hear anything particular I'll, I'll, generally when I hear it it's it's all within one episode okay I don't, that's, I, I don't feel like I notice the same thing episode over and over that's oh, oh, that way that's probably uh, a good note to receive from me fr- on my end. <laughs> I don't want anyone to feel like any one thing is sticking out and annoying. Uh, but of course, I'm I'm probably listening to it more critically than most would. Perhaps so. Uh, anywho, your you have decided to talk about <laughs> the wonderful NBC television drama parenthood parenthood yeah that's right that's right this is i'm thinking uh i gotta get that theme music in there somewhere (laughs) we gotta hear forever young there you go there you go Uh, when will when will you post this uh a couple days from now probably all right I'll have to change my cover page. Just, just, just for this. I love That's it. That's one of the few pictures that I have. I know. I, I remember know. seeing I it. Love that, I like that picture. And I actually looked at it yesterday or the day before. I like it a lot, too. Is it just a, is it a cast photo or... Um, I don't remember where, how I found it. But, but it's, it, you know, it's the final episode. That's right. Photo. That's right. That's it's right. That's it's right. The, it's the family walking off the, the ball baseball. Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yep. there's a that I feel like that might be one of the strongest themes between this episode with you and the Braves <laughs> episode and Nathan and Dad. However, all four of us <laughs> have Good found point. out that we're all fans. True. But you guys, so what was the origin of your love for Parenthood? I think we started watching it straight up when it first got announced that it was going to be on. I mean, we've watched it from inception or the beginning or whatever you want to call it. I thought so. All the way through. 
I thought so. All the way through. Did you see promos and and uh, so so for those who are unfamiliar, do you want to talk a little bit about like the background of this show? I know it's it's basic, but Wikipedia definition here will tell me. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically an hour long family drama of. Three generations worth of family. Yeah, well, three generation, three generation. Well, I was gonna say it's worth of family until the last season. Yeah, I was gonna say great grandchild. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> by the yeah, end, yeah. we get one yeah. more. Well, right. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, mother, mom, and dad, four siblings, and their families. And all four siblings are in like over the course of the show in some state of marriage or divorce or remarriage or right, but Wide two variety. right. So two pretty traditional mom and dad, couple of kids kind of families, and two that are a little rockier than that. I would say if you want to look at it as four children or four siblings mm-hmm. from from the inception or the, from the first season all the way through, there's one married sibling, typical married married couple. Uh, I guess there's, that's true. Yeah, the, there's only the um, one that from start to finish, the one huh? That's really true. I would say there's a, well. There's a, uh, at the beginning, there there were two married couples right. of the group. I would say one would have been considered to be uh, typical. Okay, the that's se- interesting. The second one, the second. second and you're talking one, about not uh, quite as typical. And you're talking um, about Adam and. Yeah, Adam and oh my gosh, where is she? Christina. <laughs> Yes, Christina. Adam and Christina. Oldest. Played by Peter Krause and Monica Potter. Why is she not on this page? Yes. Maybe because she's not one of the siblings she married in. Maybe so. Yeah, that may be how that group start. that page is showing. I have to have my cheat sheet because I end up with so, so can, don't always get the first names right. It's a big yeah. family. Yes. Oldest son was probably has the most typical uh, concept of a married right. family life. Traditional. Uh, traditional dad works, mom doesn't, bring the kids, something along that line. Of course, she worked a good bit throughout. Toward the, the end, yeah. Uh, see, that was actually an so. interesting, like, that's kind of a a a a up and down thing for where the show is concerned, if, if you ask me. You know what I mean? Christina's uh, employment endeavors were something that were always this, Ooh. like, different little oh, yes. beeline story. Oh, yes. oh, yes. Definitely, definitely. Like, Please. running for office. And oh, well, but that started from running a campaign. Right. Yeah, because um, I guess they did that for, like, a whole... Season. I think she she ran a campaign for most of the season and maybe ran for 
office the next season. Oh, that's I, right. I don't, I, don't rem- I don't remember if that's exactly right, but I forgot about that. That might have been, been the way it played out, but because she was like a campaign manager, and then she was like, eh, right. maybe I can. I don't. She didn't really agree with the guy she was working for entirely. Uh, yeah, I think that is correct. That's I right. Wanted, I think of the four kids as being uh, pretty demonstrative of family makeup from their relationship side. Um, In terms of have, the the a variety of of relationships that they find themselves in? That and when you think of um, when you think of any couple and what nowadays most many couples have been through you may have the one stable long couple that's got a long endearing lifelong marriage and marital relationship you have another couple in this family with um Joel and Julia, right? Which was, which started, which you know was was very younger couple having a child, but atypical because she was the major breadwinner. Oh, right, yeah. Um, Crosby and Jasmine had the child and got married way afterward. But and she wasn't even. She wasn't on the show at the beginning, right? Correct, correct. He was just still being his swinging his old kind of playboy ish self and uh, typical the the uh, almost the black sheep. I was that's so funny because I was just about to say, would you call him the black sheep? Probably. Um, He just you know took took him a while to get his act together. Played by Dak Shepard. Oh yes. And like, I, I really think most people who wouldn't be familiar with this show, of all the people on it, I think he would be the biggest like wild card for them, because most of the rest of his career is is like, he doesn't he just kind of has like weird comedy kind of movie credits. Like, I don't think of him as, I mean. Eh, Lauren Graham, a lot of people associate no. with Gilmore Girls. Gilmore I mean, Girls, you have right. Craig T. Nelson, who was coach. You oh, have, gosh. Right? Like, right, Peter right. Krause, yeah. Bonnie Bedelia. Those those people kind of also had a, a pretty established career, at least in a similar genre. Right. But to right. me, and, um, even, well, Erica Christensen. Christensen, is, Chris. Chris, I think that is right. She, I guess she's like a little. Christensen, yeah. Is a, 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 she had a, you know a decent movie career before um, this kind of regular gig, but to me, Dak Shepard is like people associate him with like I don't know weird comedies and stuff. Like, did, were you aware of Dak Shepard before this show? Probably not. See, so like it kind of makes. I guess that's what okay. I'm trying to bring to the conversation is that to you, like you only associate him with Parenthood, but for someone who had never watched this and heard that Dak Shepard was on this like hour long family gotcha. drama, they would gotcha. probably be like, "What? what? That guy?" Yeah. Why so did they cast him? right, but he's yeah. wonderful. He's really oh, yeah. good. Definitely, definitely. 
definitely. And also uh, a very strong uh, transformative character. Sure, yes. If, if he, he, if he has you, one of the biggest if you, arcs. If you, you, if when you meet him the first season, he is just that. Right. Yeah, maybe the black sheep, maybe right. the I can't get anything right. But you see him go from not giving a rip to <laughs> caring about uh, the mother of his child and his child and give, working through that and then how do I have to become a uh, provide for them in a steady typical manner yeah and kind of going but like not lose myself in the process exactly too, he, he was he wasn't real happy when he was trying to be when he wasn't trying to continue to do his music and do his right that side of his life right i think um the luncheonette is kind of one of my favorite parts about the show Right. One of one of the best storylines, um, which I have, it's really hard for me, and I'm sure you would agree, to recall when any particular thing like started, in terms right. of seasons and stuff. Right. But at some point in the show, the oldest brother Adam put Peter Krause and Crosby, uh, Dak Shepard, start this recording studio called the luncheonette they buy out yep. a uh an old restaurant and make it into a recording studio i'm assuming that's why it's called the luncheonette <laughs> uh, i think it wasn't it was an old recording studio oh it, just, it, it had my recollection was that it was a recording studio it might have transitioned into being something else and they brought it back to what it had been right um kind of what i seem to remember but that could be wrong too that's okay (laughs) it doesn't it it doesn't necessarily have to be a a a fact check fully accurate yeah you know that (laughs) right i do i do um but i love that that kind of becomes a part of the show and that music really becomes a part of the show as a result the music for the family, if you want to look at it that way, does for sure, uh, as a as a series, music was always has always been a big strong play in their background, if or or broadcast, whatever you want to call it. It was always you know some of this. There's just all kinds of music in the bro- in the show. Yes, broadcast. I'm pretty sure. After uh, Eric, my boyfriend, watched the show, after I had finished the whole thing and talked to him about how great I thought it was, and he went back and watched it all, and I got to kind of revisit some things along the way, I'm pretty sure he made a whole, like, Spotify playlist with a bunch of music from Parenthood on it. Because of, like you said, how well everything is kind of scored with these really suited artists and it I remember for some reason I remember this storyline where Adam got really into Ray LaMontagne do you remember that yeah. at all? I just Vaguely. It, it like Vaguely, but they would yeah. literally talk about Ray LaMontagne in the show like an actual musical musician 
musical musician. I was going to say musical <laughs> artist, and I changed my mind. Right. Uh, but then, and he would, like, play it, but then right. that would become the soundtrack. It, in filmmaking, right. it's called uh, diegetic versus non-diegetic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you have definitely climbed over my head. It just means, <laughs> so, it just means, like, whether it's actually within the show. So if he turns on the radio and a song comes on, that's different uh, soundtracking than if the editors decide to overlay a scene with a song. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Um, that's my firm in education. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I am skimming, I'm skimming my Wikipedia print here. <laughs> And it looks like they did two. They they did at least two soundtracks. I thought that they actually had released. Maybe that's what Eric has on his Spotify. And uh, well, the the first soundtrack has got Ray Lamontagne. Montagna. I believe it's Lamontagne. <laughs> Montaigne. I don't even really But it know. does look but like course, it should be Montoya yeah. or something like, like that, yes. Right. Um, of course, it doesn't hurt at all that they had a particular liking e- for one of your favorites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, track listing for the first soundtrack has got In These Arms by The Swell Season. And the track listing for the second soundtrack has got Glenn Hansard listed as the last person on the track on that. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that hurts your feelings. Mama knows. She, he got to, like, <laughs> act on the show. Yes, he was. Glenn Hansard was. recorded in the luncheonette. Yeah, in the luncheonette. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. Now, it, one of the other things that I do remember particularly as i skim this really really quickly because golly this is tiny print (laughs) Um, (laughs) is that mara tierney right had 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 the original role that lauren graham played throughout the rest of the season i can totally see that but Um, i'm really glad it was lauren graham (laughs) definitely definitely um she was cast and then think she was it looks like this i I really didn't remember she was in the premiere episode and then the pilot cancer the pilot well it says the premiere date got date i mixed date that's okay but um she ended up with a cancer diagnosis and had to drop out jesus that's why she did not uh, that's my recollection that is what why she did not continue with the series oh my gosh i had no idea yeah but, um, yeah, I don't know. what else do you, what else do you, you know, what other things can you say about the, the, the family and the dynamics and the, uh, the whole shebang? I mean, we talked about, uh, but Lauren Graham's character, Sarah. Right. We haven't talked too much about Sarah or. Sarah, Sarah's come home and Sarah's come home as a. As a divorced mother of two kid of two teenagers, has w- and, was that did that happen? Like, r- where does that happen in the timeline of 
uh, like, did she, did she come back, like, right at the beginning of the show? Is that part of the, like... I believe, I believe that is correct. I think, I think, I think she so, too. moved closer home um, early in that process, maybe to get away from the ex, maybe because, right. well, she was having a hard enough time Seth. where she was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, the thing about, the biggest thing in that regard, okay, so we were talking, we started with um, the four siblings right. and their families. Right. And how they they all have so many different elements of what one might call a, we'll put it in quotes, typical. Sure, yeah. Life, I have life felt a little reticent to use words like that as well. It's hard to be like, yeah, th- this is exactly what a family is. You know, like, of course, a family is a lot of different things, but Correct. A, good. Correct. I'm glad but that you made that designation. But, they, but, but as siblings, they're, the writers have have taken so many elements of modern era family life yeah. into the series and into the characters and into the the background that they created for it. Here's the one, divorced mother of two teenagers. Here's the, you know, the black sheep and here's the, the two married couples. And, uh, and they, you know, they used a bunch of different typical, uh, typical is such a hard word to use. I know. Or common, and common really isn't right either, but they touched on so many things that affect so many people's lives. And I think, I think for me and for us, us as in our family. The Smiths. The Smiths, the Hex. Sure. Um, the people that I've ta- that. I made sure to say, oh, you really need to be watching this show. Right. Other um, people who we know are fans of it that we are close right. to. Right. So many um, pecu- so many elements of their day-to-day life were touched on in this series. At some point. At some point in the, in the, in the series itself. And I know... I'm sure I know you'll you'll agree with me that it took it took a couple of seasons before you made a connection with some of the characters. For sure, yeah. Um, and I think um, oh, I've lost it again. Adam? No, uh, yeah, no, not Adam, but Monica Parter. Oh, Christina. Christina. Doggone. I think Christina was probably the hardest character to feel a connection with. Absolutely. But I will say, I think um, what's, uh, it's Joel and... Julia. Julia. That Julia and Christina were always pretty hard for me at, at, at different times. And I think that I think some of it, I think some of it probably is uh, an actor growing into their character. I think there's truth to that for sure. Particularly, particularly for the Christina character. Yeah, because she was she was probably my least favorite at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And from a season, from a series perspective, uh, 
went through so many things and so much growth and so much. I mean, I would be interested to speaking of all the things that she went through and, and the way that there, that her, you know, we talked about at the very beginning, Adam and Christina's relationship kind of being the one that is the most like stalwart throughout the show. But having said that, her character has some of the biggest ups and downs. I mean, she had cancer. Right. Uh, I I was going to, I would, I wonder, I would posit if there was any, you know, um, art mirroring life there where because of uh, uh, Maura Tierney's situation at the top of the show. um, I know it's a different character, but just, you know. I, I'm, I would be curious if, if that wasn't something that kind of um, affected their the writer's room. Right. Very much. I, I think it becomes, I don't, I don't want to say commonplace, but it becomes more common in people's backgrounds and exposure and, and experiences. It's, they, um, there's, you, it's hard. as you age. Mm-hmm. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who hasn't been affected by it. Right. right. Either through their own or through their family or a friend. And the, the, what I would say from the series perspective is the most atypical Thing. And of course, this is because this is coming from somebody who moved around my whole entire life as oh. I was growing up. Here is a family with four siblings that all live in the same little right. place, same little place. That's not typical for that's not typical for the life I lived. Yeah, not at all. And, and, and nor mine, really. Not really yours. Uh, you had some lengthy stays here and there right but that's not i mean we we stayed in the same place but we weren't necessarily around all of our family exactly we have never lived any place where our family was close 10 minutes up the road or 15 minutes up the road right um never well never i never did as i was growing up either except for where i was born i mean uh, but that's and that was, you know, that's only one side of the family, and we didn't stay there. Yeah. So that, to me, that's somewhat atypical. But there are also people here in Lancaster who that's very who, much the norm. Who everybody still stay is is still in Lancaster <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's that brings up an interesting point in terms of you know what you would feel and refer to as this is a typical thing versus this is not one and et cetera. It's all from your experience of it. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, I think, uh, as they created the series, they, you know, what they, um, oldest brother, all the, the siblings had their occasions that the siblings were being, oldest or youngest or uh, in between and sibling arguments yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. You were always got away with this or you didn't get away with that. Mm-hmm. Always thought, you know, you had to keep everybody together. And, um, but 
they they took so many of the challenges that have become much more commonplace than one would think of, say, in a in a fifties family drama. That's that's an interesting point of that that they were responding to things that were more modern fam <laughs> modern family <laughs> right, uh, right. types right, of right. experiences. Right. Even down wow. to uh, what were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say even down to something like uh, we kind of um, you know alluded to this earlier, but uh, the older son and his wife Adam and Christina have a son who has Asperger's. Correct. And uh, as we have a member of our family who has Asperger's as well, that was something that has echoed that storyline and that character has felt so, you know, important for us. And I don't think, I mean, there's, there is, there are so, so few other depictions of people on the autism spectrum period in pop culture, but let alone a young person who you see go from being diagnosed as a a boy and growing into this, into, you know, mid to late teens and and having all these passions and interests and feelings. And that was, that was a really powerful uh, thing. It was. And um, in watching him grow and change, you also saw the family have to grow and change. Absolutely. And learn how to deal with it and learn how to help others deal with it. Uh, uh, double checking the, the years on this. This was a series started in 2010 when it was first really released, I guess. Really? Yeah, I think that's right. Maybe the production began in 2009, but... Wow. It was it was set to release in 2009. It premiered March 2010. How many seasons were there? Five. That's what I thought. Yeah. And... Um... There's so many things, so many challenges that many families face and share more about now than perhaps they did in the 50s, 60s, even maybe the 70s. The Asperger's diagnosis, um, their daughter... uh, Oh, yeah. She wasn't Aunt. She's not Amber. Who was... was Hallie. uh, Haley? Hallie. Hallie? Hallie. Yeah. Hattie. 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 Sorry, Hattie. She wasn't around the last season much. No, no. Hattie, as a teenager, has a an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. Which, in 2010, 11, 12-ish, was not all that uncommon, but it would be a whole lot more... It would be much less common to see it depicted in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Oh, God. And if it was, it, it would, be would be nothing but controversial. Right. I, um, I didn't think about that. 
then you have, and then of course, then you've got Crosby and Jasmine, right? Who depict that from the get go, pretty much throughout the show, yeah, throughout the whole thing. Um, uh, Joel and Julia is oh uh, yeah, were were just the atypical yuppie. She's she's the big breadwinner, right? And for people my age, <laughs> that's not common at all. Right. You, you don't, well, I would say we didn't grow up, we didn't, I wouldn't say we didn't grow up thinking that a woman could earn uh, a reasonable and, and maybe over the top type of income, because I think we always always knew that, but it was not common to think of that in terms of she's going she gets up and goes to work and works and brings home the paycheck while Being dad stays home the sole the, provider by joel right joel stayed joel as an architect could could kind of uh, i don't call his own shots or be a little less contracting to, right right um and she was a uh, kind of high profile lawyer right right um, Which is also, I mean, a field that is very, I, I would be, I mean, as you could probably speak to, uh, anyway, it, in my experience working with a large amounts of lawyers over the past right. couple of years, it is, we, in our classes, it's probably 80-20, 80% male, 20% male. female. Right, right. You're talking primarily what I would think of as criminal defense type of attorneys, too. Yes. Which is also not common. Not as common to be female. Uh, okay. That, that's probably a think. fair um, designation. Right. But still um, an interesting one, you know? Like, what, right, right. what makes that so much more predominantly male as opposed to, like, you know, a real estate lawyer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows? And I laugh because my mother has worked in a lawyer's office for an un. You're 23. I wasn't going to put you on blast. All right. Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but uh, one made up of uh, until recently two males and one female. Correct. Correct. Um. Gosh, on reflection, she uh, she's the only female that's ever been a part of the firm. Really? In all of its historical makeup, there's never there was never another female. Out of one, two, three, four, maybe uh, was it five? One, two, three, four, five. Out of five other attorneys. Historically, so she is one that, out of that six. Had worked with the firm. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Altogether, there would oh. have been. No, you were right. There so would have one been out of eight. eight. Correct. So less than twenty percent. Correct. Correct. I wasn't doing all that math that way, but I hadn't really thought about it that way either. I hadn't really acknowledged in my in my historical brain of the firm because I, mean, I haven't. 
haven't worked there with that whole time. Yeah, you've only worked with those three, right? Sure. But I just thought it was interesting, and certainly part of the the conversation to to be speaking to your experience of this kind of family structure and that uh, occupation and things like that. Right, right, right. Um, They, as a as a show and as a series, they of co- they also um, used her character to touch on the uh, how does one adjust to family and a family life. And she has a child, and um, I guess did her maternity stuff, and then just then goes continue goes back to work, and her husband raised does a good a bit of the at home raising of the child and then she can't get pregnant uh. she wants she wanted she, they wanted another they wanted to expand their family and they were not having success so she gives up the job she gives up the job to try to venture into well maybe we should adopt so how do I get around my head around dealing with the child they decide to adopt it's she wasn't overly happy and, and they adopt a uh, a child older than older or not at least close to the same age as the one they already the had they didn't age. adopt a baby so they Correct. that was kind of part of the storyline was they right. in, they were going to right in the in the in the you know picture that they put on the refrigerator it was mommy and daddy and little sydney and sydney's younger baby sibling and that's not how it worked correct correct but they also allowed you to see her as a character that was the major breadwinner and always busy and always uh, on the on the work track hype i guess um give it up in pursuit of, of expanding the family and thinking I need to be a, be able to have this a little more at home connection but she doesn't know how to deal with life that she way she struggles with it immensely she did. yes it, it, it essentially it, it was you know it, it had a role in a in essentially ending their marriage yes it did um, because neither she nor her spouse, as in in these roles or whatever you want to call it, to me it was always nobody was really acknowledging what's going on. Ah. Nobody was really seeing the other person's uh, challenges. Right. Maybe um, Joel didn't think about the fact that she's walking into being the stay-at-home mom with the other moms at school who could be stuck up and snooty and judgmental and whatever else you want every As much as every parent seemingly is um, doing the best they can and kind of figuring it out as they parent, right. there are right. certainly those who like to make it think like they know exactly how you should raise your kid and like to... Be judgmental about things right. like that. And you got and you got that with a lot of the little minor parent uh, parent at school encounters that Julia had in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, 
probably because, in my opinion, she was encountering these other females that would have no way of understanding her satisfaction as a successful attorney. Right. Sure. Um, and Joel, having been the stay-at-home dad for so long, took the spin, well, ended up in the situation where he was he was uh, pleased to have some success in his own career right. that he had kind of put on that back burner. Right. So lots of different things got... And, and I th- so much of that, I think, really um, become is 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 out there. It's it's the way a lot of people live. The big conglomeration of it all together, maybe not. Right. But to see it, to see those things in there's so some, many different families. Right. There's something depicted that you can very directly relate to. Or if not, it helps you to be more empathetic of what those other situations are. Right, right. Um, Sorry, I feel like I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no... It's just, it's a... If you know nothing about the series, it's very difficult to describe. Yeah. And I don't know that you can describe the appeal, but... the, The... the writers of the as the series over the time the series ran touched on so many things that anybody would encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, parents are aging. Yeah, I was just you about know, to kind of bring the, that the, up. Yeah, the the I didn't because I didn't Nelson think Nelson and Bonnie Bedelia characters Zeke and Camille were. Uh, were just probably more minor in consideration than the others, the siblings, but their grandparented or parental um, influence was strung through all of it, and and they evolved as characters. For sure, a lot, especially... It was really nice to see them get a decent amount of screen time in the last, like, season or two. I, right. I feel like the show really gave them some, like, just desserts of, like, they you you had seen them kind of just be uh, above and tr- kind of trying to speak to what their kids' lives were like and offer advice and have their own challenges for sure. But then they make, you know, they give uh, Cecile? Camille. Camille. Uh, all I can yeah, think of was Camille. Bonnie. Camille right. <laughs> has this kind of, like, crisis of, I, I wish, you know, I, I wish I had been able to kind of take care of myself more and and what my own passions were and I feel like I've put a lot of things aside to um to take care of my family and to be a, a matriarch and to be a wife and to always be there for whoever needed her right it, it I thought that was a really interesting and and poignant place to take their relationship 
and her realization of having done that, I think, is also fairly common. There are, I think there are people that would be thought of as being her generation or her era or, or whatever you want to call it in a family dynamic like that, that, that never get there. Who that, don't, who don't feel like they have that realization? That as, as, as women don't ever acknowledge that they, they missed something like that. Hmm. Um, and that in many respects is a shift in societal vision on yeah. on women and their role in in life in in day-to-day life or or the working you know how long has it been that that um, typical families if there's going to be a husband and wife they're both working it's, it's, I don't know. You it, would you would be able to speak to that much more than I would. Um, and I don't. I don't. You know, in the fifties and sixties is is the easiest route. I, I I I get mushy in the middle because that was when I was raising kids, and it was and everybody was, you know, everybody both ninety percent of us or seemed like, and it probably wasn't, but but we're all raising kids, and everybody's trying to work. And the rise and, of latchkey kids, right? Um, to a certain extent. Exactly, but and daycare but centers, <laughs> and, and and somewhere in that would be the uh, the rise in uh, individual satisfaction or individual, uh, you know, how many hats do I have to wear? Huh? Am I wearing my mom hat? Am I wearing my employee hat? Am I wearing my taxi driver hat to get the huh. people from point A to point B? Am I wearing the wife hat? Am I wearing the cook and cleaning and do the laundry hat? Um, for for women, uh, a lot of women's dreams or aspirations, I think, really did get put on the back burner. Huh. But then, when it when when you decide that those things for you are important and you need to 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 delve into them did you ever get that chance for right. many it it doesn't ever happen right if, if there was a dream of something you always wanted to try to do when you were uh, arbitrarily let's say 25 did you let go of that dream and I don't know I, I don't have a recollection of something that I was passionately wanted to pursue at 25 or 30. So I don't know that I feel like I missed something. I don't. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely, it does. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm so. I'm like. I kind of know that's, that's what they did with the character. Not not necessarily overwhelmed, but but I I feel like I'm I'm kind of taking it all in because I I I uh, I think that's really poignant and I to me I wonder if. And I, from my perspective, as as the the youngest of these three generations being depicted, right. and man, uh, mom, I feel like when you see my show, you're gonna 
kind of lose it at how much of this really speaks to what I wrote from my perspective of it. That's kind of why I've gotten a little speechless is because I'm going like, wow, this is like, I've been thinking about this kind of stuff a lot recently. And it's really nice to be able to hear from your perspective. Um, Uh But uh, I wonder if it's not a, a kind of, you know, nature or nurture thing where like, the the women of as you keep going back to you know your mother's generation of the the fifties and sixties starting families in that time, uh, was it that they had a a passion outside of being a homemaker that was put right. aside, or was it that they were more taught and uh, you know, societalized, I can't think of the right word, but right. to that their goal They're, should be to be a homemaker and that right. that was what their passion and their life was supposed to be, you know, that was, that was the thing. Like that was what you yep. did. Yep. So, yep. so they didn't realize as much it's not as much that they put aside something else that they might have wanted to do, but that they weren't even encouraged to do something to like think. that else. Exactly, exactly. Um, there was I, maybe not less encouragement, but um, unless a circumstance arose that necessitated pursuing something, like you marry young and you you lose a spouse to war. Oh wow! And all of a sudden, you have you have to go out and work. Right? How do you know? How do you do that if if whether if you did or didn't have a college education, and if you didn't, um, equality issues you know reign supreme now, I suppose. But huh. um, a dad to twelve. You you. How are you going to earn enough money to raise your family? Yeah. Are you going to be the secretary for the big boss, or are you going to uh, realize that you're, let's say, you're you're good with numbers, huh? And you didn't go to school, but you decide I can go to night school and learn how to be an accountant, or um, I I do I am good with kids. Um, maybe I'll go back to school and become a teacher. Right. I think if you if you look at what would have been thought of as, as, a, as a, a a career path for that generation, man, that is um, so interesting. And I, I don't even remember whether Camille was ever given a a a past. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember anything except her her being a, a passionate about the painting stuff or being an artist. Art. Yeah, right, right. which is is a nice through line for for her to be the creative and have right. these at least. You know, a couple of their kids are definitely have that flair as well. Crosby and uh, 
Sarah both seem to be the the creatives of the family. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think Sarah ever realized it, maybe. Yeah. I don't don't think we're... I think we're, as, as, as a viewer... I think we're supposed to figure Sarah really doesn't know what she wants to do. Right. Um, but but does end up developing that uh, the artistic lean with her storyline of, of falling in love twice. I mean, yeah. two different people with two different, very different characters. Yeah. Um, and and of course, that's a whole another fascinating element to the characters that they did with the show, with um, Hank. Hank, it, I went blank. I should have been able to come up with Hank. That's uh, Ray, Romano. Ray Romano's Ray Romano. character who joins right. season four. Uh, let's see, Ray Romano. Looks like three, 2012 to two. Wow, I did not remember that he was in the show for that long. half of it. I mean, that's kind yeah. of nice because you get to see more of what that whole arc is. Uh, I, I wonder, and I don't know, I've never looked to, to see if it was, you know, done any research into the writer's perspective on that, but I wonder if that was an addition that, uh, a character that got thrown into the mix perhaps not with a long term intention yeah. that um, happened on Parks and Rec it was a matter of if you, if the character if, if the viewers could buy into the character and, and, if, the, and, if and the dynamics they created with that right and, and if they could get Ray Romano for the whole series versus just like <laughs> an arc you know correct uh, right. because I would I would think that uh, so what happened with um, Parks and Recreation is that uh, towards the end of the third season, they were going, they had planned on doing a, a, a short stretch of episodes with uh, Rob Lowe and Adam Scott. Uh-huh. Adam uh-huh. Scott was on another show at the time, and when they, like, I guess they got a contract, they liked how those characters fit into the world so much that they, like, renegotiated their contracts and his uh, other show coincided like the ending of the other show he was on coincided with him joining Parks full time and I would not be surprised if a similar thing happened with Ray Romano because I know at some point in there you're talking about the Men of a Certain Age show yes I guess you're right Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if when they brought him on yeah. as a guest, he was right. still doing that, and it ended up eh, just just a thought, Could be. just a Could be. just a maybe. And but so they take this elaborate character that he was, write him very quirky, mm-hmm. very and specific, and specific quirky. But they they're able to introduce the the adult realization that oh wait a minute I'm not weird there's a reason I have these I am the way I am because he has the realization that as somebody that observed the the growth in 
Adam and Christina's Asperger's diagnosed child, it's pretty easy as a viewer to see that he has a whole right. lot of the same quirky traits. Very much by design, and, 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 and they, a, they put them in the same right. room even. They go, look, okay. at, look at this kid who you yes. know struggles with social disorders versus this adult who you thought was just, like you said, kind of a weird guy. And the way that they wrote his... His realizations. It's really were, wonderful. Right, I, I thought right. Ray Romano did a fantastic job as well. Right. I, I totally agree. And I think some of that could can potentially be attributed to... Uh, growth in the knowledge of the common person that oh, we talk about this in children it was going on with other children who are now adults when they were children we yep. just didn't know what to call it yep. we didn't know what what the, the traits were or the uh, symptoms sound is, the, is not the right term but sure but but the struggles were very real and indicators, perhaps. But a lot of a lot of adults, I don't think, ever figure out that there is a problem. Mm-hmm. They just figure they were just different or quirky or whatever, and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so I so as a series and as the series evolved and as you went from season to season with what the writers did I think the writers took a lot of um, storylines and and, uh, licenses licenses probably isn't the right word but they took a lot of current uh, research and current information that was being shared and passed along as 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 the series itself grew. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was have having that come in was really you know, like you said, it's just something watching an adult realize this thing and it changing how they had gone through their entire life and yes. watching him, you know, try to navigate with his ex-wife and his daughter and this new family that he finds himself continuing to interact with and everything was just really, I, I really, really, that became my favorite, like, storyline, that my favorite part of the show in the last season or so. I just, I loved watching Hank and Sarah's relationship develop. I loved watching Hank grow as a character. And like you said, in in a shorter period of time, but they they really gave it a, a, a nice they gave it a lot of respect and heft yes yes and then of course they married them yeah <laughs> in the finale right that's right that's right spoilers yeah. oh no <laughs> this is riddled with them it eh, oh, well. it's fine I was planning on giving it a very overviewed anyway yeah I was gonna say I was planning on giving it a a, whiner, a warning towards the beginning anyway <laughs> uh but I still think that this show would be wonderful for anyone to experience, regardless of like how much of it they've seen before or how much they know about it or anything. I've, 
I think it, it's easy for these kinds of um, dramas and all the things we've talked about and trying to cover these things that are difficult topics and, you know, divorce and infidelity and interracial relationships, some, uh, ex- a little bit here and there experience with like, uh, unemployment. I was going to say and some like, that uh, storylines about homosexual characters and, yeah. uh, yeah. talking to your kids about any variety of all of these things. I think it would have been uh, cancer diagnoses, etc. I think it would have been really easy for the show to fall into melodrama. Right. Right. And I I would not say that that happened very much. I don't think so either. I think it's certainly not without it as I think it would it's right. very hard to make a drama period that doesn't if you're really trying to introduce these difficult subjects and things that can easily fall into that, it, it's hard to avoid entirely. But I think they do a really wonderful job of avoiding, uh, you know, exploitative, over the top. It, it's it's they really try to they really keep it pretty grounded throughout for the most part. Uh, totally agree. Totally agree. Um. And it it was a unique aspect of watching young actors age. Yeah. Five years. Five yes. Years. Um, so there, you know, so there are a lot of things that that if you followed the whole thing each season, you got to see a lot of diff- a lot of people. The kids stay the same the whole time. Change. Their characters do. Or the um, I just meant the the actors, the actors uh, that play the kids are the same the whole time. Sorry, that was vague, but they're (laughs) on the aforementioned Modern Family. From a very (laughs) young child, they just kind of aged it really quickly, so they Uh, didn't have to deal with another with like a baby on the set, Um, and it got they got a little bit of like flack for it. Gotcha. Um, and then changed actors to this like older young girl. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, within within the show, when you're introduced to a kid, that's the kid that goes through the whole rest of it. Yeah, except for except for um, perhaps two different characters being playing the the youngest Adam and Christina Braverman child. Ah, uh, yes, right. Because that probably would not have been, I think one of these lists or maybe one of the lists I tossed away was, was a pair of twins you may be right that role. But, oh okay okay but that okay wasn't sure you saw grow up anyway but that was a ba- and and is a pretty typical thing for a a baby in a show to be played by a or set of one. twins right, right um thanks Mary Kate and Ashley <laughs> uh but we haven't talked about like a Obviously, the show's called Parenthood. You know, it's a lot about the older generations and their, their the family in general. But we haven't talked too much about the youngest generation. We should do a, a little bit of an overview there, too. If you want. Um, <laughs> we talked about little Max, but... Uh, Max is the, is the typical... Or as the child with Asperger's has to learn how to navigate in life. Yeah period man there's and, and there's some Sydney, moments Sydney Joel and, and 
Julia's birth child that they bore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever, the, their birth child. Um, you watch her grow up having been the only child for a long time. Ugh. Yeah, adopt somebody else, and she has to adjust to not being she the one and only, and she is was a pill. A Let's be brat. Nice. She was very bratty. Yes. She is a brat. Sydney, when you said uh, Christina was probably the, the hardest to get on board with, man, I don't know if I ever felt sympathy for Sydney. <laughs> I, I, sympathy, I don't know if that's really the right. I, I don't know that they were trying to have you find sympathy for her, but I think her character maintained throughout most of the time you were exposed to her. Yeah. That she was the only, the spoiled only child. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, you gotta, you gotta portray that too. Good with the bed. And perhaps because of that, she wasn't, wasn't necessarily uh, somebody you gravitated to. And they also didn't give her too much time. They never, like, Sydney, I I guess the only kids who get storylines are the older ones. You see a lot of uh, Drew and Amber, Sarah's uh, kids, who are the the oldest of the grandchildren with um, Adam and Christina's Hattie. But Hattie kind of, when she goes to college, she kind of fades to the background. Yeah, she probably... She's listed in on this little sheet as having only been in sixty episodes, where all most of the others were in a hundred plus. Wow! So she really did. So she was out. Fade to the background. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is interesting. It must have been a an actress thing because they followed Drew to college, but they kind of wrote Hattie out altogether. Right. Um, I really don't remember knowing if there was a reason for that, but. Uh, with Drew and Amber, I think they used them. I think they were, I would guess they were popular characters that they could also, um, they, they used their characters to, uh, make the grandparent connection strong. That's a good point, and I think a, a lot of that has to do with the their physical location uh, because Sarah and the kids stayed at their house stayed for a, a large portion of the show. Right, right. Uh, but it, but if you think about um, you think about that element of the dynamics, and that was pre- that was highlighted a good bit in the last season or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with, with Drew. Drew. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, I uh, so Amber played by Mae Whitman and Drew played by Miles Strauss. Miles Heiser. 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 I think Miles Strauss is somebody else. Uh, are I, I've always been a, a Mae Whitman fan. I like her in everything oh, I've seen yes. her in. Oh, uh, yes. Fans of Arrested Development will know her as Anne from that show. Which is what she gets, like, because that show has become pretty iconic. I think people associate it with her pretty strongly. Um, but I think she's also kind of like, I don't th- I don't think we've seen the last of either of them as actors, but Mae Whitman seems to really be, she gets, like, good TV Lots and movie work. Yeah. Right. Um, what was I going to say? But <laughs> I believe that they are a real-life couple. 
you're right. I think that evolved during the seasons of the show. I think so, too. I think that my understanding is that they, you know, were very good friends on set. And uh, I don't know when that relationship started, but I've always... They gotta be a little bit reticent about the fact that they, the birth of or their, the the origin of their relationship was when yeah. they were playing brother and sister on a TV yeah. show. Yeah, that that would be a weird thing to have to deal with as a as an individual, I suppose. I mean, they're both adults. Yeah. They're. Yeah. Yeah. I believe Mae Whitman was born the day before I was. <laughs> You're right. I think we found that out yeah, was, at some point. I, like, I think so. Um, I think you're right. Uh, your dad has come home. I oh. I would say and hi, the, but he dog, can't hear me. Yeah, and the dog has left the room, so the dog has gone to greet him. Was, she, was she in there the whole time? I think so. Aww. I really don't know. She Little sweet pea. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's... <sighs> The person that you should ask about this show, include something in the notes maybe, I don't know, ask Eric his spin on it. Okay. He knew nothing, you know, he didn't know anything about the show. Mm -hmm. He talked about it so much, he convinced himself he would watch it, and he watched it pretty religiously until he was Very quickly. He watched it in a matter of weeks, I believe. Right. Um, What... And, and he, but he also knows that you're pretty uh, in tune with things that are worth spending your time on. He trusted my opinion. Watcher. Sure, right, right. That's 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 the more typical way to put it. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I knew I knew what you were getting at. But um, so so his spin on on what draws you into it might be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know. We we looked forward to Thursday night at ten o'clock for for five seasons. <laughs> I don't I don't think they moved it. Maybe Too they much. moved it an hour at some point. Maybe not. I don't think they moved it very much. They wouldn't. Uh, yeah, because Thursday night used to be their big comedy night. They would have the block of all the comedy shows, and if they really put that after it, yeah. Um. And you know as well as I do, <clears throat> we got real hesitant as a family to 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 say too much about it to each other, oh, not knowing if somebody was going to have. I fell behind pretty far, right? Right. So I I certainly didn't help that uh, part of the equation. They lost me a little with in the next to last season. That Christina running for office stuff, it slowed down a little, and I think I just, I I think I I tried to watch a couple and then, like, got behind. But then I will say, as soon as I picked it back up, the the last season was airing when I started watching, like, trying to pick up into the next to last season – Right. And I screamed through the rest. Once I got back on, I went, oh, my gosh, that's right. This show is wonderful. Right, right. Um, it just, I know, I can, I can recall talking to Barb 
in particular. And you could, you could tell between mess emails or text messages between us, it, you wouldn't talk about the show unless you were sure that each other had seen it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then if, if, if we watched it and she didn't, and then she watched it a day or two later, you would get the instant text of oh catch up. That, or how much did you cry when they did such and such? Right. Whatever it might be. Man, so, I almost yeah. mentioned that where Eric was concerned. Because uh, I know that he got, like, he would often, while he was watching it, let me know, oh, man, I just got to this part. I'm a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Because it... a lot of those moments. It's... Man, they just... The the writing and the acting and what they're writing about and and portraying is powerful. It's emotional. (laughs) And and that doesn't always... That doesn't appeal to necessarily everybody. Sure. It's... 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 um, As I was pondering this... Talking to you about this show before... um, it's probably it's probably always been a format that has drawn me. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe because it, uh, the hour long family drama type thing has more meat to it than you think of as a typical as a thirty minute something. Sure. What else um, do you think that you would put in that kind of genre? As I was growing up, it was the Waltons. Okay. Really go back, you know, go to atypical time. Uh, Walton, and you know very well, um, Life Goes On. Oh, yeah. We did watch that a lot. With Kelly Martin. Oh, blood deal, blood duh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I remember uh, is the friggin'. Oh, of course. Of course. The, the intro. The uh, that's right. That was a big family thing. Yeah. We watched we that a lot. We around the living room. I remember. <laughs> Uh, those are the two shows that come to, came to mind. Okay. Thinking about the format with, of this that's um, that fits uh, other hour long shows that I think of as having a following. Usually, you're gonna ha- are, are, to me in my mind have until recent eras have have a uh, they either have a. a law enforcement spin or yes. a medical spin or even a legal spin yep. some of the legal attorney court I mean, drama type stuff you could rattle off a laundry list of shows like that whereas right, right. like you said you know you're only able to come up with these kind of small handful of long family based shows uh, you, I, I my hat's off to what Jason Katmus Jason Cadams. Uh, Cadams. I knew I wasn't going to. You were. That. You were remarkably close. <laughs> Very close. My hats off to the to the to the team that that kept this show together. Uh, Jason Cadams is the showrunner. Right. Um, just I I know you know that. I'm just saying for the yes. for the listeners' for sake. The listeners. Um, um, he also was the showrunner on. He also was a showrunner on Friday Night Lights, Friday Night, which yep. a lot of pe- I think probably brought a lot of people to the show because that yes. show was so popular. Yes. And I would say there there are a lot of tonal similarities, but I don't yes. I think 
Friday Night Lights was a little more melodramatic, but it also was more high school related. So it was designed to be. Sure, sure. It, 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 and would that have been to attra- attract a viewing audience? To make it a little less uh, insular into that world? Well, Friday Night Lights would have been... Uh, trying to draw oh you mean vice versa you mean right making friday night i think the football aspects and the high school football aspects of friday night lights absolutely made it what drew in the audience right right um but it's i guess if you're going to write about uh emergency medicine or any kind of medical thing or police drama or, or whatnot. Any Dick um, Wolf show. <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably right. Because uh, they used to all be in New York and now they're all in Chicago. Yeah, your, your material is yeah, plunk it from wherever. Ripped from the headlines, so to speak. You have to be, you have to really think uh, differently to to maintain a family drama that's going to uh, appeal. Yeah. You, you, so. Sure. Anyway. And no, there's there's a lot of truth to that um, because it's yeah. I, I mean, for me and this and I know you and uh, the rest of our family would maybe. Uh, would relate to this as well. I know Nathan and I were big, huge fans of Boy Meets World. Yes. When I was yes. growing up, I would say that was as close to a like big family type watching people grow up show as we had. Yeah. And obviously yeah. much more centered around the younger people on the show and not necessarily the parent side of things. But uh, I, for me, that was my big like coming to coming of age watching characters grow over the course of god who knows how many seasons tons of seasons 10 seasons um but anyway that was just that was my counter for something else that came up that i thought was um is there anything else you feel like you would be remiss if you didn't mention Oh, my goodness. No, um, you don't have, not to, you know, force you to think of no, something, but. No, um, I just think they, if you, if you've never watched the show, why, don't watch just one or two episodes. Yeah. Watch all of it, because there's such a, a growth in characters and a growth in individuals and storylines and the the variety of thing of, of topics or or messages that come across mm-hmm. and, and if you just pick and choose which episodes or which seasons to watch you you miss that for sure um, it would be hard to to catch things out of context and definitely and definitely. the payoff wouldn't be as high for sure that's i that think that's a good thing to mention 100 percent that's a hundred percent. They did a fabulous job, and oh my gosh, I have yet to try to venture back to watch it again. Eric has put on parts of the finale <laughs> since 
he watched it for the first time. And every time I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, we won't watch it without just both being puddles. Like, it's awful. I need, I need to get this out of my system. Let's put this on. Yeah, I like, good, I mean, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderfully, wonderfully made and such a wonderful send-off for the show, but, man, it is Puddle City. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely so, agree. So. I know you know that usually I ask uh, how you feel like your life has been influenced creatively by your love of parenthood and your life in general. And I would love for you to be able to speak to that. Creatively. I know it's I know you're you don't typically think of yourself as a creative, but or a creative person. Um how about if I answer this way? We will will answer that uh, parenthood. <laughs> Um, challenges one to to adapt and adjust and try new things and um, crap. I'll cry before I get this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh, I as a television show. The show does allow you to see uh, the parent characters watch their kids grow up and watch them succeed and watch them fail, but watch watch them jump through these hurdles and get over a variety of challenges that is what we all hope happens in our life. If you have children, that's what you want to see. You want to see them learn and grow and, and grow into adulthood and pursue things that are important to them. And uh, so watching the show allowed you to do that with the show. <laughs> but it's not just the show that that does that for you. Sure. My, uh, <laughs> that, that, that'll have to do. That's lovely. <laughs> I love that. I like that yeah. that's where it landed. There's certainly, yes. it's certainly impossible to watch the show and not think about your own life and your own family and your own wonderful parents. <laughs> <laughs> or, or your amazing children. Mm. <laughs> Shucks. Shucks. Well, this has been wonderful. I really loved it. It has been lots of fun. Yeah, I, it was something I, I I don't know if I could have come up with another topic I could have talked about. I knew I think I think I had asked I mean, in the past you, just because I was kind of curious and not even necessarily to like put you on the spot or anything. I think yeah. I had gone I think I had just been curious about what you thought it might be, but to have gotten that back from you so quickly when I asked one day last week I went, oh, that would be great. And I know she would really love that. And I knew, I know that it's your favorite show. In Probably, a, ever. <laughs> I knew Probably ever. Probably ever. Probably <laughs> ever. It's um, wonderful. It is. And uh, I, in, in many respects, timeless. Yeah. As, as, as society changes, that will be 
probably become less uh, timeless, but um, for a while it's, it's, you know, okay, it started in 2010, six years ago. I don't know if, do you think in 10 years it'll be as uh, effective or as I think poignant? If, I think if nothing else, it will be very interesting to see what was deemed important and and how things you know how things operated and i think there will be things to that will be pointed poignant and that will be lasting throughout all that i think you're right especially if we're only talking about 10 years out yeah that 10 years is a concept i could probably put my head around (laughs) i don't know if much more than that i can but um, that's fair um, I know your your time is getting close. It is. You have a commitment too. I do, but this this right now this was, was far more this important, was fun. and it was, yeah, it was very, very fun. fun. I I figured we might bump up into it, but I did that to myself. So far be it for me to rush anything. But I think we've reached a a natural close. Correct. Now <laughs> you'll have to. will have you will have to keep me informed as to. Whether you sway, we we sway anybody into watching the show. That Absolutely, never I will, and I <laughs> I may even I may even put that as a challenge to uh, anyone. If you've never watched. Yes. Let me know if this at least makes you check it out. But yes. um, absolutely, I will let you know. I I sounds like a plan. I love you very much. And I, I know how you close. <laughs> I love you. Close I love you oh so very too. much. Oh so very much. Too, my and dear. I and couldn't... I can't wait to see you Friday. Oh my gosh. So soon. I love you oh, very much and I mean it yes. maybe more than anybody else. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> I love you too, sweetheart. Feeling good as hell. Baby, how you feeling? This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.